This is Ross Domini from Shadowgraph. We offer a sci-fi look into a chaotic world through a weekly podcast and films on YouTube. Through a blend of video journalism, documentaries and the fictional-like worlds that sit in between, we take our audience into the heart of today's critical dilemmas. Is this the future? Or are we already here? Today I'm going to take you into the world of Jason Parkinson. He's a video journalist and he was a mentor to me for a few years. He's an amazing man with a camera and he always has a stable shot in the most crazy of situations. This is quite a raw piece, both in terms of the interview and the sounds that come from Jason's camera. We are going to change the history of Egypt today, inshallah. We are going to take out this tyrant, Hosni Mubarak, and we are going to make him go to Saudi Arabia next to Ben Ali. We are going to change history today. Two men is dead. Two men is dead. Two men. Two men is dead. Somebody, somebody, somebody said to me the other day, um, what was it, when we went out on my birthday and they said, um, oh yeah, you, you really do swear too much. And I went, you really think so? And I went, yeah. And I went, fuck off. <laughs> I've always swore. And anyway, anyway, wasn't there a study that says people who swear a lot are actually more intelligent than people who don't? <laughs> oh. I'm Jason Parkinson. I, uh, I've been a freelance video journalist for about nearly 20 years now. Well, the story goes, I'd been doing some fictional writing in the, in the late 90s and I ended up getting a, a, a few things published and then out of some strange situation, I, en- I ended up becoming a ghostwriter for the um, drug smuggler Howard Marks in one of his books. And from that, my partner at the time, she was quite insistent saying, you really should probably try doing journalism or something like that because we were both working in the computer game industry at the time. Because I'd always, I picked up a lot of my politics from music, a lot of punk music and things like that. You know, so I grew up listening to the Dead Kennedys, uh, hardcore bands like Fugazi, Black Flag, things like that. So you can kind of, there was a lot of questioning authority. I also had a very strong sense of opposing injustice and things like that. I didn't like 
you know, even if that was down to office politics or uh, workplace bullying, I was the person that usually stood up for other people and said, you're not doing that. Leave these people alone. And, and that's kind of, I think that led to my partner saying, you really need to be a journalist. Well, it's definitely led me into a lot of places that, as just a normal citizen, there's no way that you would end up in these places. And, and frankly, you'd be running away from the, the situations that, you know, as journalists, a lot of the time, as everyone's going in, in the right direction, you, you have to go in the left direction into, into the trouble because that's your job to get there, get as close as you can and, and find out what's going on. I guess for one thing, it's always taught me of like certainly what you see on the news when it's reporting on a certain story is is only a tiny snippet, and generally it's kind of quite sanitised down to a level that most of the public can easily understand without actually being there. When you actually get into a situation, it's a million times more complex. Nothing is black and white. There are so many different sub levels of what's going on in every single story. And can you tell us about what have been some of the hard moments in your career? One of the main things that really upset me, I, I suppose, I didn't work for about a month afterwards, and that was uh, uh, the Grenfell uh, Tower. That really upset me. I mean, the first thing was when I got there in the morning and the tower was still burning and on fire, it's almost sent me into a flashback of the, the government building burning in Cairo. That was the first thing, and it really unnerved me. And then some of the things that just talking to people, you know, not even seeing stuff yourself. I mean, it was bad enough seeing the whole place burning, thinking that's everybody in there dead. Uh, and looking at it and thinking, how the hell has this happened? But then you start talking to people and they're saying they chucked a baby out that window up there and uh, we, we, somebody had to catch the baby and other people were jumping out the window and they didn't get caught. They they died and stuff like that so you're listening to people telling you all these things and that in itself listening to those stories that has an impact on you and your emotions as well which is again is another trauma that it's uh, what do they call that it's a transferable trauma i remember coming away from grenville and i got to the tube and there was about six people waiting for the lift and i stood and looked at it and i must have said it out loud because i said i'm not getting in there and i noticed this woman suddenly turned and looked at me and she said, are you all right? And I, I, I probably should have said, no, I'm not. But I just said, yeah, I'm fine. And I walked downstairs, got on the tube. And only when I got on the tube and I started putting my kit away, I had a white shirt on. Did I realize that I was covered in all this soot? But that really upset me. And I, I didn't feel right to work for about a month after that. And at that point, that's when I, I went to the doctor and said, I think I need to speak to somebody.
recently, I tend to find when I have bad dreams, it's not, it's not always, but there is, there is still quite a lot. But the dreams are just more confusing now if everything's messed up. Um, it's not a set place or a, a recurring image. I mean, it's, it's almost like different parts of my life all come into one dream. And it's just a very anxious and upsetting dream. There's nothing necessarily violent about it or, or gruesome. It's just you wake up in the morning feeling very anxious because it's just been a very disturbed dream. I remember myself from filming traumatic events that my brain would almost block out what I'd seen when I was filming it and it would only be when I get home afterwards and I'd be on the edit looking through the footage that then I would realise what I'd seen and witness and it was like the camera was a block. It does separate you and it's, it is when you're leaving and you come away that's when your thought process, generally when the, the adrenaline has died down I think that's when you actually start to think about stuff. I mean, a good a, a good example was in December in Kherson in southern Ukraine, and we'd been on the riverfront filming. This was before it became... Well, it wasn't supposed to be that dangerous at that point. There was no advice by the military not to go there. Anybody who you were with, and certainly with my fixes, like, yeah, we can go there, but we have to be careful and we don't stay anywhere too long because the Russians are only 500 metres away in positions on the other side of the river and they've got snipers and, and they've got spotters as well. So, but then we got hit with this a multiple mortar and shelling attack and two people died. And only that night when I got back to... Uh, the apartment in Mikolaev, did I start to think we were the only ones down on the front? There was no, there, there was two people who'd walked past with shopping bags. I remember a man and a woman, but there was me, my fixer, and the driver. We're all in body armor. My body armor's got press on it. So if there was a spotter, then we started to think, did we cause that? There was all that guilt that came with thinking, was that just them doing an indiscriminate attack or had they spotted us and decided they were going to launch you know what was it, it was two rounds I think it was two rounds of 10 mortars each time or, or shells um, whatever hit it's, it's difficult to know what they're firing but you know you hear them going overhead where are we going? okay go 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 That was a bit of shrapnel. That was fucking shrapnel. <sighs> there is definitely transition period of coming back from somewhere where you're constantly on edge and kind of alert and then you come back to a place where actually you're safe again um, and you don't have to have that higher state of awareness all the time to be aware of like 
you know if you're going to the shop you don't have to follow the the line of the buildings to give yourself cover and things like that you know the idea of like i remember the last time i came back i mean that's quite a while ago now it took me weeks to feel safe to walking down my street and um, just to go to the shops And just as we come to the end of this interview, Jason, have you got any advice to people getting into reporting, journalism, photojournalism, videography, how to deal with trauma? Don't be afraid to talk about your emotions, how you're feeling, whether that's anger, guilt, sorrow, depression. Be careful that you don't slip into self-medicating, that's with whether that's drink or drugs. The kind of fast level that news moves these days in the times before people after a big job or after a big story people would gather they'd get together they'd get to the pub they drink probably drink too much but they would talk about stuff and that is all a process of of um of getting this stuff out and expressing yourself i just think news is moving so fast and the expectations on the journalist now is just to go from one place to another to another and there's no time to rest up and process uh, better than any drug that doctors can put you on is exercise it's as soon as you start doing it it makes you feel better so you know you don't have to have mountains in to go up climbing either just just get outside get to a bit of greenery whether it's a park like this have a walk around you don't even need to speak to anybody so you might have the thoughts going around in your head i find this when i go out walking in the marshes near me like for about the first half an hour i'm walking around and i'm not really taking in what i'm where i actually am i've got all these thoughts going around but then after half an hour you, you just kind of like suddenly and i've noticed it myself it's like oh okay everything's stopped thinking and now i'm just looking at all these birds in the tree and you know and it gets you in the moment that's all for this episode if you like what we do consider sharing our content we're on instagram at shadowgraph underscore media stay tuned for our video platform which is going to be launching soon and have a nice day